0: Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then the participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Anonymous pod, uh, Podcast concept Study. Tonight, we're still in the second concept, and we're going to start with introductions. I'll go to my co-host, Des, first. Come on in, Des.
2: Hi, everybody. Uh, attic name, Des. My clean date is July 24th, 1995. Uh, my home group is We Choose to Live out of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, fully virtual, and I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Lee.
1: Thanks, Tess. Lisa H. and Troy, please.
3: Hey, I'm Lisa H. I'm an addict. My clean date is February 25th, 2012. My home group is Monday Night Miracles in Meadville and I attend meetings in Central Western Pennsylvania.
4: My addict named Troy. My clean date is February 15th, 2015. My home group is Cothran Cares. And we meet on Tuesday nights and we are in the Central Western area of Narcotics Anonymous in PA.
5: Thanks, guys. Uh, David. Hey, family. I'm David. I'm a grateful recovering addict. My clean date is July 3rd, 1988. My home group is closer to home in the Freedom and Serenity area, New Beginnings area of Narcotics Anonymous in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And we
1: got the podcast father in here. Come on in, Douglas.
0: Thanks for the- I'm Addict. name is Douglas. I clean, March 12th. Uh, 2000 in southwestern pa and uh, stay in the raleigh north carolina area now thanks bro
1: thanks hey phil come on in
6: my name's uh phil my clean date is four nineteen ninety-five. my home group is men in recovery in pittsburgh pennsylvania and i attend meetings in the pittsburgh area of pennsylvania
1: thanks phil melissa
7: Hi everyone. My name is Melissa, and I'm an addict. My clean date is May twenty first, two thousand fifteen. I attend meetings um in Slidell as well um, as online, and my home groups are Spiritual Ninjas and I'm blank Freedom Change. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Melissa. Our guest tonight is Angela. Come on in, Angela. Introduce yourself. Oh, uh, my name is Angela,
7: and I'm
8: an addict. And I, um, my clean date is May 28th of 2000. And uh, my home group is Courage to Change in the Central Texas area of Narcotics Anonymous.
1: Thanks and welcome. I'm your co-host Lee P. I live in New Orleans. Um, my clean date is 82787, 87 And uh, my home group is the virtual meeting of the open mind. And tonight we'll be starting off in the book on page five. Uh, with the people who give their time to service work, and Lisa is going to go ahead and get us started. Take it over, Lisa.
3: Thank you, thank you. Um, so our second concept says the final responsibility and authority for NA services rests with the NA groups. The people who give their time and service their time to service work are a vital resource. Without them, our service boards and committees would not exist, much less be able to serve. The group's responsibility to the service structure is to elect a group service representative who will serve the best interests of the group and the entire NA fellowship. By carefully selecting its GSR, then providing that person with regular support and guidance, the group exercises its ability to impact NA services both directly and indirectly. In choosing a qualified GSR, then sending him or her out to serve on the group's behalf, the group fulfills a large part of both its responsibility and authority for NA services. Um, I get kind of fired up about the GSR service position. Uh, it's one of the first, I mean, like, you know, I've made coffee and I hugged people in the beginning, but um, the first time I ever served as GSR was really the first time I felt like a part of something, right? Like, and that service position is ultimately like what lit my fire for service in NA. And I feel like, This paragraph kind of emphasizes um, the idea of like carefully selecting a GSR. Um, When I think about, you know, the concept of trusted servants at like area region or lower levels of service, um, you know, I think about leadership qualities. I think about whether or not that person has, you know, developed enough in NA to be trustworthy, right? Like a GSR handles group money you know, the DSR is responsible for carrying the home group's conscious conscience at area level. And, um, you know, I've had some experiences where, you know, like, and I don't ever want to be the person who says like, oh, so-and-so shouldn't serve, or you shouldn't serve unless you have this much clean time, or like, I will never be that person. But I do think that it's important for us to consider the careful selection of a GSR or any other kind of service representative. Um, You know, one of the questions that like I've been asked when I served at region level is like, have you ever misappropriated NA funds? Right? Have you ever been removed from a service position? Have you ever um, like negated a commitment to an NA service position? And I think that these are the things that play into a person's responsibility when we are elected to serve. you know, when I think about this through the lens of my home group, I personally don't want to elect a GSR who's going to get to area and be like, fuck that group conscience. I'm voting however I want to vote. Right. Um, And I think that just because a person, you know, has the, like the willingness is great and it goes a long way, but I've also had to learn in service that sometimes like just being willing for me, right. Like my, in my experience, sometimes just being willing isn't enough I need a certain skill set in order to be able to carry that responsibility you know and be trusted with the authority that my group has given to me um so I think that that's kind of what this paragraph echoes when we talk about fulfilling both the responsibility and the authority if I'm responsible for carrying the message you know I have to answer to ultimately my home group and be trustworthy in that position so with that I will pass Thanks,
1: Lisa. Come on in, Des.
3: Yeah, thanks for
2: sharing all that stuff. Um I also uh I just I just want to say that if if you haven't, if you're listening and you haven't served as a GSR yet, but you've done other group service, thank you. <laughs> it all qualifies. It's all like really good. And I know for me, um my first service position was not a GSR um at, at an area level because um the GSR from my first home group. Was the GSR forever? <laughs> like they just loved being the GSR for probably a decade, man. And that's not always the best way to go. But I had to um, find other service to do, and that's okay. But I'm I'm grateful that this talks about it. And um, 28 years ago, I probably should have read this paragraph to my home group. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Des. Come on in, Phil
6: well i could uh, ditto everything uh that uh des just says um but um i do like the um uh, vital um resource of uh, of the person and the g s r and um um i can um uh, attest uh for me that was uh the first launch into a um server structure was that uh g s r I'm not talking about the different duties and responsibilities at the home group, but the actual, um, meat and potatoes of, um, whenever meets the road, really doing the responsible thing of the home group. Um, that was, um, definitely that position that I did there. And, um, I'm just thinking of of the times when I got here, uh, honorable and, um, how that position, um, was and there was just no such thing uh when i got here of a home group not having a gsr that was no such thing when i got here that's not the case today um um our home group needs the gsr you hear these announcements and things like that and uh that was just unheard of that was just know well, everybody got a gsr you know and um I just need to throw that out there because it, it reminded remind me of a lot of things. Uh, what was just being read is to the responsibility of the group to help uh, the members and and that uh, structure that the GSR uh, need to have. And, and just the support it talks about too. Um, and guidance, which was from the um, home group members. Can you be responsible for our money? Can you bring our receipts back, and this and that, and uh, um, and then even maybe the members uh that were there before will come down there and sit with you for a, a while and uh, try to help you, and um, uh, and that was vital. That was just vital to me serving and uh, um, being responsible. Um, you know what? Uh, quality too for the GSR. Uh, not so much quality, but uh, there might have been a uh, at the at the home group. Yeah, there was a time. There had to be a time period of being clean before you could um do that position. I don't. My home groups today, there's no such thing as time. Just somebody got the willingness, to throw them in there. But at at that time, there was a time limit. Um and maybe had an alternate too, and um all that stuff. Um, uh, I'm just like Des. I feel like I need to uh take this back to the home group and read it now. That's all I got.
1: Thanks, Phil. You should do that. Come on in, Melissa.
7: Yeah. Um, I really appreciate what Lisa shared. Um, regarding this paragraph. And also, Phil, you hit on some things I was wanting to talk about. Um, So I appreciate how it said. Let's see. Hold on. uh, There we go. Um, A vital resource, right? So like we're able to be a resource today. Like how empowering is that, you know? And for me, the biggest way for me to be a vital resource in the service structure is by showing up. And so will the need, right? If I show up willing, the need's going to show up. And in this particular case, it's referring to um, a GSR. And you know, now that one of my home groups is completely virtual, um, we don't have a GSR now. When it was a hybrid, we did have a, a GSR, but now that it's strictly virtual, I haven't really seen. I don't want to say the need, but I, I just don't know where it fits. And maybe if y'all have some insight on that, um, I would appreciate it. But um, I liked how it talked about it being, let's see, carefully selecting the GSR. I do feel like nowadays, as it was briefly touched on, it is often just like, whoever is willing, like, yeah, yeah, you can be the GSR. Yeah, please. So I don't have to do it, right? I kind of feel like it's like a rushed decision. And I'm, I'm kind of being blunt about it. But uh, really, I don't feel like it's as carefully pondered as much. Even since I first got here. Um, now, I will say that one thing that we do at my home group, that I really appreciate, is that before somebody becomes a GSR, they attend a few areas with the current GSR, and then that way they can kind of hear some of the lingo, and start getting um, some questions answered, like, what does that, what does that abbreviation mean, (laughs) you know, it's, because I remember the first time, look, okay, so I was, like, involved in NA, I went to all kind of meetings, um, like, all over, and I went to conventions, I did this, I did that, and, like, I I showed up because I wanted to, um, I wanted to start a meeting, a women's meeting, right? And so I showed up and I was like, what the hell are they talking about? Like, I didn't know, like half the stuff they were talking about. Like, I felt like everything they were saying was over my head. Like, they were like voting on stuff that I never even heard of. Like, they got the rules of law. Now, of course, the, the name of it escapes me but I'm like what are you know and it was just all very above my head and to to capture like what they were talking about I just really had to like write down my questions and um ask somebody who I could tell was knowledgeable after the meeting and I just remember feel, feeling so very lost so um now I do appreciate how in my home group that I have now that they actually have someone sit in before they actually become the GSR, you know, in a perfect world, right? Um, That isn't always possible. So I I just appreciate that. And that kind of helps them become qualified and also see if they're really genuinely able to take on that commitment. Um, But that's all I have, thanks.
1: Thanks, Melissa. Come
4: on in, Troy. Yeah, addict named Troy. So the part I really liked in this paragraph um, was when it was talking about um directly and indirectly um impacting NA service um because I think about the importance of just like on a from like an area or region level whatever you want to say like area specifically is where my mind was about like in our area I've seen a lot of meetings like not show up like there's no representation of the home group there and I'm sure that happens everywhere you know just due to you know, whatever changes and things like that. But I think about like how powerful it is when there is a lot of meetings being represented in that fashion and how that indirectly like affects the fellowship. Cause like, I think about my first, um, first time going to something like that. And like, I remember feeling like super overwhelmed cause like I was newer, you know, I had never, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and I didn't have the support that they were talking about in the in that paragraph from like my home group, because like there wasn't really very many active home group members. They were just like, oh, you're willing to go. Um, so I went. But I, I think about how powerful it is indirectly when like those other groups and there's other meetings there and it's like a bigger forum and like people are like telling you what to do and trying to like help you and show you things and like how much that indirectly impacts NA and the home group. because now. Like I can go back to my home group, and I feel like I'm welcome there, right? And I feel like I can participate and be heard there. And like I, I just really think that that's like a wonderful thing, um, indirectly, in how it impacts service. So like, and plus, if like nobody's going, then it kind of gets to a point too, where like, does anybody really want to go? You know, does anybody want to feel a part of it if there's not a, a, like a, you know, a number of people pr- participating in the meeting? Um, I was with Lisa and what she was saying with some of the stuff about like when it says carefully selecting a GSR, but like sometimes that's not an option, right? Like I said, like, you know, my home group was early on, you know, I, I think when I first joined it, there was like eight home group members and like within a year, everybody was gone, you know, went back out or whatever happened. And, you know, like there I am sitting there, like there's two of us, I think, and like at one point, it was just me and I was the treasurer and like everything, you know, and like doing all this stuff. Um, so sometimes that's not an option. But like, I think that's important, though, because that helps us grow. So like, I remember that experience. Um, so like whenever we select a new GSR, I'm always like quick to be like, hey, man, like, do you want me to go with you or can I help you? Is there anything I can offer? And I also ask questions when he comes back to like make him feel like their job is, you know, like, hey, man, like, I'm interested in what happened and interested in, like, how you, you know, what you did there and what you said. And, like, you know, that creates inclusion, man. Um, so I think I'm going to be quiet with that. Thank you. I'll pass.
1: Thanks, Troy. Come on in, Angela.
8: Okay. Um, so, yeah, on, on this concept, um brings up a lot of things for me. And I'm going to be real honest with you. I avoided area like the plague for many years. The first time that I went to Area, people were screaming and doing crazy wild business, and I was like, absolutely not! I don't want to be a part of that. But something really important to me and dear to my heart brought me to Area, and I dove in headfirst. I'm not a GSR, but um, you know what I come to find is from the other side of it as a subcommittee facilitator, how important it is to have the area the area groups be in control because it's the biggest group conscience that you can have right when they bring this to the home groups and you have their individual group conscience and then you have this massive group conscience and it's really beautiful honestly and anybody who is you know in any of the service positions can't really control it on their own agenda when you have something as beautiful as that so i do think that it would be great to you know discuss the you know issues of hostility in service, um, because it really it really deters people who are qualified, who want to be there. The people who want to be a part of this positive change, they don't want to be a part of issues that arise in the area, quite often in my experience. So I'll leave it with that.
1: Thanks, Angela. And I think David is going to start the next paragraph off for us. Yeah.
5: All right. Money is required to fulfill NA services. Without it, our phone lines would be closed down, our meeting lists would not be printed, there'd be no NA literature to distribute, our H&I panels would go without pamphlets, and our public information workers would be unable to provide printed materials about our fellowship to the community. In the 11th concept, more will be said of the use of money in fulfilling our primary purpose. The message of the second concept in regard to money, however, is simple. Since the groups have created the service structure to perform certain tasks, the groups are also responsible to provide the necessary funds. So the perspective on this goes back to something that I said last week. Um, When we contribute in the basket, if we are just throwing a dollar in the basket, are we truly giving our group, our GSR, the ability to carry that responsibility and those funds to area in a way that purposely enables the area to provide those services for us that we're asking them to serve. You know, 25 years ago, a dollar from everybody in the basket meant that we collected about eight bucks every week. Eight dollars a week, four weeks, eight $32 from each group. Say there's 10 groups, that's $320. After expenses, it's actually closer to like 100 bucks. And we're gonna ask our area to carry all of those all of these services for us on $100 a month. That doesn't make sense. And it really shouldn't make sense to anybody who's doing the math today you know, I throw a $5 bill in the basket at my home group. I throw a dollar in the basket at each of the groups that I go to that's not my home group. Um, And I go to about 16 meetings a week. So, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, if you can do, you know, that's all I got. Thanks, David. And,
1: and money does matter. And the fund flow the f u n d f l o w is super critical to our service structure which was created by the groups come on in lisa
3: hey so um when i'm listening to david talk about money in na services um i guess just from the perspective of a member of my home group i'm i'm super grateful that na figured out how to pool our resources right because When I think about all of the services that my area, my region, my zone, you know, that that are provided to us, I look at that and think my home group could never carry all of that by itself, right? And like, how amazing is it to think about, you know, in service, there's a lot of fucked up stuff that happens, right? But there's also like a lot of crazy, beautiful, amazing things that have come out of like what we have been able to figure out as addicts in this fellowship. Like somebody at some point literally said, well, you know, if your home group has $36 and my home group has $36, if we put them together, I can't do math. That's some dollars, right? Um, You know, and and we can use our pooled resources to carry the message and to make those services possible. Um, Because like I know my home group couldn't afford to do a regional convention. My home group couldn't afford to host a retreat on its own. You know, and like, those are some of the places where I've had the most incredible experiences in my recovery, you know, even just a picnic, Monday night miracles might struggle. Right. Um. So I just think that that's really beautiful. And and like that we figured out how to go from like, I, I stole money out of my grandma's purse, you know, to get high. And we figured out how to go from that to like sustaining a fully functional fellowship that prints literature that, you know, puts on these really great events that attract newcomers and that ultimately like that helps keep people clean. You know, um, I was listening to, um, a podcast this week, um, that shared a little bit of history. It was an interview, um, you know, with, I don't know, some dude who has like a thousand years clean. And he was talking about the original production of the gray book. Right. And, um, you know, his name was Vito Lee. Um, yeah, it's a really great interview. So Vito was talking about, you know, the, the original printing of the gray book and how, like when Jimmy K and his corner of NA, like you have got one corner of NA in California, you've got the other corner in New York. And, you know, when Danny C passed away, New York kind of collapsed and that left California to kind of figure out, you know, there was a push for a book. When are we getting a book? When are we getting a book? And NA had no money. And, you know, Vito talks in this interview about like watching other addicts go and donate blood to get money. They got paid to donate blood so that they could afford to print the gray book. And that shit blows my mind, right. That this was actually like literally and figuratively paid for by the blood of addicts. Right. So like in my mind, when I think about like, man, we went from like literally selling our like bleeding for the gray book up to being able to support ourselves financially through the basic text. Um, I just think that, that that's really beautiful how the groups eventually managed to come together and provide that. So with that all pops.
1: That is amazing, Lisa. And we're in 170 something countries now and translated into, I wanna say 53 languages and somebody will correct me if I'm wrong. Hey, come on in, Phil.
6: Uh, Yeah. that that was good and uh uh interesting um i cannot uh, help but not, not not to look at just the uh, just the the sentence um uh first sentence that was read uh money is required to fulfill uh a's uh services and uh money uh can can just be the uh the uh, the, the problem uh in life. period for for people and uh this and that but for for addicts uh, i gotta go along with what what was being shared uh um um the responsibility that we can uh that we have and and we have come a, a a long way um i don't know um that that first paragraph was about about the vital resources of people but uh the importance of money and and with uh the the, the money all these other uh good life-saving things um uh, that uh we have with our services uh, aren't going to happen, see? So it's it's back to that, um, you know, I, I guess uh, um, our concepts, uh, you probably you probably can't have one without the other, you know, and I can just see a lot of things uh, um, in that uh, first concept uh, that's, that, that's here. It's still about carrying our, our message and how important it is, you know, and the message that, that, that's still in there. Since the groups uh, have created the service structure to perform certain tasks, the groups also are responsible to provide the necessary funds. So what that tells me, um, um, if these tasks are still there, the groups still have the responsibilities somehow some way, and hopefully not, we're not going to draw blood out of anybody, um, they'll have a way, ways and means of, um, of uh, making these services work. Um, and it's, and it's still back to the money, the money is the money is used for fulfilling our primary purpose. So uh, people's vital, the money is required. Doesn't say that, but it doesn't say the only requirement for um, uh, the um, carrying our message is money. It just says money is required to fulfill NA's services, period. And it just ends. That's so cool. That's all I got.
1: Thanks, Phil. And our groups actually created our service structure. So there is the responsibility and the authority uh, by the groups um, the pandemic was a, a, an amazing example of, of us uh, going from what Lisa just spoke about, donating plaza and selling blood, to having to transition to a, a virtual fellowship and keep money moving within uh, the service structure. And, and Melissa brought up a point about her virtual group. Well, yeah, a virtual group can be a part of a virtual area now. Uh and the money still should flow down the service structure so that we can keep the group focused on our primary purpose. Uh, Angela's going to come in and read the next paragraph. Come on in, Angela.
8: So far, we've looked at what the second concept says to the NA group. The concept also speaks to the service structure. The groups have, directly or indirectly, created every one of our service boards and committees. The innate groups have directly or indirectly provided the resources used by those service boards and committees. The groups have established the service structure as a medium through which together we can better fulfill our fellowship's primary purpose. Therefore, in all the affairs of all its elements, the service structure must carefully consider the needs and desires of the groups. The second concept can be seen as the group's way of saying to the NA service structure: "Be responsible with the spiritual, personal, and financial resources we have provided you. Seek our advice. Do not ignore our direction." So, um, on on this, I guess I'm supposed to talk. The um, and this hits really just like do not ignore our direction I've seen a lot of things voted on multiple times in different ways um because somebody was kind of pushing for something to happen and I can say that I saw that you know and I would go around and be like voted in three times (laughs) and you know the reality is that you know it's it's so important to respect the groups and the members you know and it's such a beautiful thing that we have it set up that way and I actually had this conversation because I used to believe that you know world was on top and Lee corrected me he's like no honey down down And I was like oh wow that was the way and um I was like it, you know I've learned a lot since I've dove into the area but um I will say that it's amazing the structure that we do have and there's a lot of ways to work on it and be willing to take that, you know, drive to get it where it needs to be, right? Um but the groups have really brought a lot of great service and that. that group conscience is, is a beautiful thing. Can't keep can't say it enough. So that's all I have.
1: Thanks, Angela. Come on in, Phil.
6: Uh yeah, that that was deep. Um I see a must there and then Tuesday was my um must meeting so i i gotta elaborate on uh the um uh, must must carefully consider the needs and desires of of the groups and then what it's saying before that is still the primary purpose and um that our primary purpose is still uh carrying that message through that service structure and the needs and desires um I like all the things that's mentioned, you know, and um things outside that are that are are not mentioned uh that go on in the service structure, like activities and things like that. Although this we didn't read anything like this, so I shouldn't even be talking on it. But uh carefully consider the needs of H and I and all the things I guess that's mentioned there, but but groups and areas sometimes uh other things can, um, they're not even services, can divert that service structure and divert that primary purpose. So um, I like that, must carefully consider. That's all I got.
1: Thanks, Phil. And Angela, you, you kind of jogged my memory there. Um, thank you. And we have like five layers of service in our in our structure and I think it was Lisa early on said something about the questions she was asked uh, about a GSR position or one of her service positions. The thing that, that boggles my mind, Lisa, is that we're surprised when the GSR runs off with the money and the keys, but we didn't ask those questions. And it says we should carefully consider uh, these positions. and and from GSR to ASR to RCM, to a Zonal Delegate, to our RDs, all of those people, all of those positions, especially when it comes to money, because I've seen everything. I've seen a treasurer move to the islands with a convention's money. Now he did make amends. I heard, I, I didn't live here then, but I heard he did make amends to the fellowship. So I think us paying attention to those questions are important. And someone else brought it up. Mentoring people into these positions, I think is equally as important. And our zone just put out a flyer about mentorship at this next uh, upcoming zonal So that should be very interesting. Uh, Troy, you wanna go to that last paragraph for us, sir? Lee,
3: well, yeah, I think you skipped Angela. No, I
1: didn't. Okay. No, she just read, right? Just read. Thanks. Oh, uh, okay. Troy tries after Angela,
4: yeah. <laughs> okay. Add name Troy. The NA groups bear the final authority in all our fellowship service affairs and should be routinely consulted in all matters directly affecting them. For example, proposals to change NA's 12 steps, 12 traditions name, nature, or purpose should be approved directly by the groups. Conversely, if something goes wrong in the service structure, any groups are responsible to take constructive steps to help correct the problem. Our experience shows that radical action taken in haste serves neither the groups nor our services well. Since change rarely occurs overnight, patience and acceptance may be called for. Nonetheless, the exercise of final authority for any services, a vital part of the system of service established by our fellowship, is both the right and the responsibility of the groups um i don't know when i was kind of reading through this i was thinking i mean it's drastic i guess but when it says they want to propose changes to the steps traditions name nature and purpose should be approved directly by the groups um obviously i would hope the groups would approve something like that because that seems pretty drastic to me and uh um the NA groups are responsible to take constructive steps to help correct the problem. I like that as well, man, because like, I think in service, like when you, we hear something I'm talking about myself personally, I think like if I hear something I disagree with, like I immediately go to that place of like, I want to be disagreeable and like, I'm looking at the person that like made something that I disagree with and starting to take their inventory and all that stuff. And like, that that's not healthy in the service structure. You know, I've learned that over the years, obviously. Um, but I think sometimes it's, it's really, I was thinking in terms of when we see something that maybe affects our recovery or something that we disagree with within narcotics anonymous, like we want to defend the fellowship, you know what I mean? And like what I've learned over my time here is generally when I jump into something hastily, especially in something that I disagree with service, um, generally I put my foot in my mouth pretty hard. Um, so I do like when it says in here that, you know, we need to have patience and acceptance that may be called for. Cause like, I remember just recently at region, I was talking with like a service position that I'm involved in and it's getting moved somewhere else from like outreach stage and I, like we were talking about it they're like, yeah, it should be, you know, it should be good to go by like July. And I'm like, it's January, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? So it's one of those things that, like, you know, the the structure has to be, you know, respected, and there's a reason for that because, like, ultimately, the groups are the final authority. So, like, a lot of that stuff had to go back there, and that stuff has to happen, and then come back to, you know, the areas and back the region, and so on and so forth. But like kind of thank God it's that way, because I think, you know, I think that time for me personally gives me a second to like sit back and like take my emotion out of it a little bit and let God step in. And um, sometimes we need that in service too, just as much. So that's all I have.
1: Thanks, Troy. Come on in, Des.
2: Yeah, I I really like this paragraph and I like that it talks about um, this this sentence that says, our experience shows that radical action taken in haste serves neither the groups nor mm. our services well. And I have a little bit, I I think about the one time where, um, I had to ask for some help and some, a service body to step in and help me. And, um, I, as a, uh, a, and, and I, I don't know, I, I, I speak about this. Cause I know other addicts go through this, but I was being, um, uh, sexually harassed by a member I was serving with, and I was the alternate and they were the, the position, right, I won't say the position, but, and when we went to a, uh, one of the things we were required to go to, it was very uncomfortable for me and this individual made it known that if they couldn't get what they wanted from me, they were going to get what they wanted from someone else and then continued to make me feel very small. And I wasn't gonna say anything because I didn't know. I was like, well, am I being am I being sensitive? Am I having these feelings? I, I really didn't know. And, and then I went to another um, event and three members came up to me and said, is your the position here? And I said, no, and they were also women and they all shared that they were grateful that that individual wasn't there because um, there had been some inappropriateness from that individual to them as well. And what happened from that is that I went back to my service structure where we were elected from, and I talked to the uh, admin committee, and they sat down with that individual and and they asked him to resign from that position right then and there, and um, and it felt weird to me. It felt uncomfortable, and it felt like, I mean, I think it needed to be hap- it needed to happen. When I look back on it, but and they admitted to their part in it and. And but I think what we missed in the in the haste of that decision is that um, it didn't come to light to protect another member that could be affected by their behavior, and some of that behavior is still going on today from that individual. And it's just an unfortunate it's an unfortunate when I look back on it, it's like an unfortunate oversight. And I think that's what happens when um, when we act in haste. I'm grateful that when I spoke up, people listened, and I'm grateful that, you know, they admitted their part, but at the same time, um, when this person comes around, I get really uncomfortable, and and other members do as well, and I don't know what the solution is. I mean, the solution in my mind is that we grow and change, and we become better, better through the, through the program of Narcotics Anonymous. I believe that wholly, but I think, um, I mean, it was, Gosh, it was probably like nine years ago now. and um, and now they' this individual is coming back to the service body again. they They took a break now they're coming back. And I don't know what I don't know what to do. So, um, but I do think that uh, there are people who were there when that happened. There are people who understand what happened. Um, I do know it's something that they addressed with their sponsor because their sponsor reported to our service body that they were working through that with them um but at the same time it it just means that sometimes in the interest of protecting our members whoever they are whatever they've done i think that um we don't allow the entire service body to have a voice on something and we're like oh we're just going to take care of this and um yeah so i get it and and i'm the advocate whenever i'm at a service body and somebody says i want to take this back to my group I want to get my group input. I'm the person who's like, yeah, we need to do that. And why wouldn't we allow that to happen? You know, and I'm grateful that we have that in our service structure. So that's what I want to say. And thank you for letting me share. Glad to be here.
1: Thanks, Taz. Come on in, Phil.
6: Wow, that 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 was good. Uh a lot a lot of things. And just sorry about a, a lot of uh things too. And uh yeah, that, I guess that's our fellowship. Um uh fortunately if something goes wrong in the service structure any groups are responsible to take constructive steps and i like the thing uh, our experience shows that radical action taken in hey serves either the group nor service well and um that is true and um uh i i know uh in uh in my my area uh uh, the different groups have done things uh, in haste, and uh, they've done things when radical uh, action. Got to have, got to do, and uh, and they'll try to put that um, square peg in that round hole, or or like whatever, and and, and force issues. But the groups have done that time to times, and uh, um, things have been uh, good, and things have been uh, disastrous and um i'll never forget this um one one time something was uh pushed through with one of the um activities and um i don't know the the, the groups they just had to have this they just had to have this and uh, the thing went on and it was a flop and there was a lot of money um i'm not going to say misappropriated but a lot of money that they spent that they didn't want to spend and um um it came back to the area and things like that, and uh, uh, I was one of the trusted servants in the area. And I just said, you know, the the person um you give all the money to, and and things like that to to do the activities or like whatever. Uh, they they did nothing wrong, and uh, if you look in the minutes and the notes and things, uh um, all the home groups agreed to do it, so. All the groups are responsible for what they did. It's not it's not her. You folks are uh, allowed it and co-signed it and whatever. So um it is what it is. And um I don't know. I just like that final things resting on the groups. I like a lot of things going back to the groups, not impatience and haste and thinking things out, and that collective coming back from the groups for that final responsibility and say that's all i got
1: thanks phil come on in angela Uh,
8: i just want to comment on what um you know some experience that this shared and thank you so much for sharing that experience i think it's so important to talk about the different things that come up in NA service um and kind of address what my area is kind of doing in that and what our groups ask Need to be facilitator of and that is um subcommittee called common welfare and it's we created it to address predatory behavior and um other issues in narcotics anonymous um what brought me back what brought me to area let me say because I avoided it like I said um was a lot of issues in my 23 years of saying you know seeing this behavior and saying well that that's just an A and I got to a point where I couldn't anymore um and the issue was bringing that to the area service committee they have so much going on already and things like that um I didn't ask for this subcommittee at all I brought up like what are you guys going to do like what can we do and they were like oh start an ad hoc committee I was like okay and then we did that we did the research that people weren't sending um treatment center uh, residents to narcotics anonymous because of predatory behavior we were seeing a lot of issues coming up and all of these things. And I was, I was big mad <laughs> I got into an argument with some people outside of some meetings and I was like, no, bring it to area. I thought, like, I sure will. And we did. And it has been really difficult. It has been amazing. Um, I think it's absolutely worth it. And I think it gives the opportunity for the area members to do what they do and we focus on really researching what's going on, what other areas are doing. There's so many resources on the world's uh, website and all of these things, doing workshops and things like that. And I have to tell you, Lee was amazing uh, support in that and really helped me out with being a beginner to that level of service. But our groups held so strong in backing us, it was amazing. And I've seen some hasty behaviors to try and stop our subcommittee. Um, but we've been voted in three times by the groups, so that's all I wanted to say about that. Because I do feel like that's really important, and I'm so grateful to the groups for really listening and and listening to them because I know we need this. So that's it.
1: Thanks, Angela. Uh, I'm contemplating a ten concept right now, but I'm not going to go into it. It would take too long, and we only got about ten minutes left. And. I come from the school where we worked everything out ourselves, and so I'm not sure if I'm really ready to have a service body make that sort of decision. But I know I know that concept two ties into tradition two, and when a group's conscience happens, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, Des, we're coming back to you to read question one, which is on page uh, thirty-one of the book.
2: Awesome! Thanks so much, Lee. All right. Uh, The groups have final responsibility for and authority over the service structure they have created by fulfilling their responsibility to provide their service structure with the conscience, ideas, people, and money it needs. The groups also exercise their authority. Conversely, the service structure must always look to the groups for support and direction. Uh, Question one. Does your group have any way of letting your area committee know whether it's meeting your needs and how um yeah that's a that's a really good question i know that um in previous areas that i belong to we've had a gsr form that we would fill out like a physical piece of paper and there would be generally like i don't know we must have got this copy from somebody but a little checkbox that says, does your group need support? And a checkbox and a line underneath it. And when I saw that I had that question right now, I just went and looked at my area form and the checkbox is gone about, does your group need support? Cause we do it online now. So I'm gonna bring up in my home group, uh, a motion to forward to our area to include that in our online form. Cause I think it is important. And I also know that um, when I've done business meetings, the business meetings I've done at my home groups, um, I've only ever had one, but I have over the years, I've had a couple, right? Because I've moved, but um, we've always had in our format, what do we need? What can we, you know, are we getting our needs met? Um, what what do we need to ask for help with anything? And I learned that at my very first home group that it was okay to ask the group, is there something we need help with, with, you know, and, um, and that's been really helpful. So, Yeah, so I'm grateful to uh, have this question tonight and I'm grateful to find that on my area um, page. And then um, I think our regional page is also put together by the same, you know, we get people in NA that do service and then they like make our area page and they make our regional page. Our guy does a great job, but I think it's the same form on our region. So that might also have the checkbox missing on do you need anything from region so I'm going to look into that, and that's that's uh for me that's where the literature comes in handy in studying the the stuff of the um service structure things because it reminds me of things that we may have overlooked. So thanks for letting me answer that question, and I'm glad to be here. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Taz, and that's a great question. Come on in, Phil. A uh, couple minutes.
6: Um. Uh- I'll be real quick. Wow, that uh, that was real good. And the uh, only thing that I just want to share, uh, and this was like the coolest thing, uh, uh, our groups did in the area did is we we got a uh, uh, public relations uh, chair now, and with the new public uh, relations uh, book, there's a um, a uh, area inventory that's that's in there, and our area. And this is the first time since uh, I've been um, in recovery the the whole area. Well, the groups that participated, let's just put it that way, uh, filled out all these sheets and uh, the uh, information was uh, compiled for the, the groups that participated uh, for an, an area inventory. And I, I just thought that was just just so cool. That's all I got. Thanks, Phil. Come on in,
1: uh, Lisa. Oh.
3: Hello, Lisa Addict. Um, so just a thought on, you know, this, this question here, um, I'm a big fan of simple solutions. I was taught that if it's not simple, it's not, it's not practical, it's not spiritual. And, um, in addition to some of the other things that you guys are sharing, um, you know, I know that my home group encourages our GSR, like at at my area service committee meeting in my home area, there's just an open sharing session. And, you know, we oftentimes will encourage our DSR, like, hey, if there are concerns that Miracles wants to bring up, you know, at area level that maybe don't require a motion, they don't necessarily need to be voted on, you know, that we can even just bring it to the floor for a simple discussion uh, during our sharing session. And in my experience, that has opened up, you know, here and there, some some really good um, discussions, like when the the common welfare committee was mentioned that lit my fire because, um, you know, recently I was asked by my area to help give a presentation on the violent and disruptive IP because we had some of that behavior going on in our area. And, you know, we just kind of brought it up during a sharing session, an area agreed that this intervention was necessary to kind of prevent some of that behavior from happening. And, you know, since that occurred, we haven't really seen the issue come up anymore. Um, So in my experience, even just keeping it simple, bringing it up in the sharing session has been really effective. With that, I'll pass.
1: Thanks, Lisa. And uh, seeing no hands, I think we're gonna go ahead and stop. Thank you guys for listening and hopefully we'll have you with us next week. Thanks.
0: Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.